They say the air is human, but to really mess it up requires a computer. Exactly. Accept <laughs> the recording. And then, hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Grace, Peace, and Balance podcast by Gabi Abdelgadir. Today, I have an incredible guest for you. This is episode 115. And uh, Mr. D. Gordon D. Melville is here today. He is huge into mental health. I will have you introduce himself. I will also be... Uh, uh, adding his bio and all his social media links on Podbean as well as on YouTube. Please do get in touch with him if you know anybody who is struggling with depression, anxiety, or suicidal. He is the man for you. So, Gordon, mm -hmm. welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be here, Gabby. Okay, so introduce yourself to who you are and what you do. Okay. So I'm the founder and CEO, the chief catalyst strategist guide at Jewel International, the executive producer and digital radio host, podcaster and TV personality on The Long Bearded Guy. I'm not sure where that comes from. It's out of left field a little bit, but <laughs> um, I'm a high performance mindset mentor, a best-selling author, an international keynote speaker. I teach entrepreneurial men, primarily men, but everybody um uh to navigate mental awareness and health in a world of judgment and toxic masculinity yeah. i've worked with the likes of grant cardone tony robbins zig ziglar developing my own coaching specialization and when i'm not writing or podcasting or coaching i can be found focusing on my own spiritual health alongside of my wife of 30 years and my three young sons is sort of a synopsis of, of uh, who I am and what I do. So I refer to it as mental awareness as a mo I think that's an umbrella. Mental yeah. health and mental illness is under that umbrella. And yeah. uh, right, because I think there's a lot of things that we deal with on a day to day basis that have nothing to do with our mental health or mental illness. Yeah, um, that are positive things. There's lots of positive things uh, in our mind. And and things that we need to be aware of. And I think that awareness is the you know, I can have the perfect program to instantly cure an addiction, but if the person doesn't go have that awareness first that says, hey, I'm a, I have an addiction until they get to that place, nobody can help them anyway. So it becomes an awareness piece, right? Yeah. When I sort of a concept that says, when I know better, I'll do better. And so we, yeah. we use the, the best knowledge we have that's gotten us to where we are, yeah. all of us. Yes. Right. But to, to if we're not where we want to be, then we need to infuse something different into our life. We need to let other things affect us. We need to use uh, not other person's thinking, but we certainly maybe need direction. So the coaching and mentoring piece has been a big deal for me. Yes. But um, I want to ask you, what got you into into this awareness? How did you get into it? What is the reason, the story behind it? OK, so I've been doing personal development for more than 30 years, but I think that that is was the um people say oh you're lucky right we talk about people's luck and and i i don't think it's luck i think it's a preparation meeting the opportunity and so um all that you know reading five to seven books a month and all the journaling and all the programs and the small fortune on courses and coaches and stuff for myself all kind of came to a catalyst in uh 2016 when there was uh, so I'd been energizer bunny for 30 years. And then my body said, Hey, you're not paying attention. You're not listening to me. Even with overt clues that there was a problem. Um, I was sort of ignoring that. And, you know, I think it's a common theme that we 
there's a knowing doing gap, right? We know what to do. We just don't do it. Right. So self-care was something I was teaching, but I wasn't doing. And in late 2015, my body said, Hey, I'm out. And I was bedridden for better part of two years. And so in the middle of that, there was a suicide attempt because when you take an energizer bunny and squish them into a space where they can't move, it gets dark in a hurry. And so, you know, I look back at it now and go, that was Papa gifting me perspective that I needed and awareness that I needed. And I call God Papa because of my relationship with him. But um, he, he let me go through that because I needed that perspective and awareness to be able to get the mission done he had for me. And so that was kind of the catalyst. That experience was the catalyst that started to give me an awareness of I had no concept of that, what depression or suicide or, or mental awareness of any kind. I, I was, I, I didn't consider myself an empath. Um, people have described me that way more recently. And mm-hmm. so I, I sort of look at that and go, okay, so some of that was there. It's always been there. I've always had a, a, an, a, an EQ, an emotional quotient that was um, higher than a lot of people's was certainly most men's. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it really, really took a, a, a jump forward when, when the suicide attempt happened. And oh. so, you know, it gave me a really good idea about what that feels like and how to go through that and what, what, uh, Papa saved me in those moments. And I didn't actually succeed. I started the process, but I didn't, it didn't finish because he asked me to stop. And, um, you know, that that's put me on that path. And so all that personal development and all of the personal experience I'd had with illness and whatnot, all sort of culminated in that moment. And then as once I, once I admitted it, it had happened, that took 18 months after the event actually happened. I didn't tell anybody when it actually mm-hmm. happened. I cleaned up the mess and, and went back to bed. My wife, I didn't tell my wife, I didn't tell anybody, nobody knew. And I had to, I had to sort of pull myself out of that. Um, and, and Papa helped me pull out of that and, and family and friends and people that were close to me at the time that didn't realize that that was what was going on. Um, I believe Papa put them in my path and, and had them reach out when they needed to, when I needed them to. And so, you know, I can look at it that it was a bad thing and it was a, and it was it dark. Yes. Do I want to do it again? No, I would never do it again, but what it did give me and prepared me and, you know, uh, we all talk about, uh, and I'm sure your audience has heard that. I know you have. You probably teach it. Um, life's not happening to us. It's happening for us. Yes. And I, I take it another step and go, it's happening for us to specifically and uniquely equip us to be able to help other people get through what we went through, right? Absolutely. It wasn't, those experiences aren't for us. They're for other people. It teaches us for sure. Yeah. But, but that gives us a story that we're supposed to share. You know, a lot of people don't want to share because there's judgment attached to it. And and Absolutely. people say, hey, right, we, we got to stop the stigma. And I'm like, no, no, stop using that word. It's a sanitized, civilized word that we use so that we don't have to admit what we're doing, which is just being judgmental. If you take yeah. the word stigma out and put the word judgment in, it's more honest. And it gets to the heart of what the challenge is. Why is it so hard to stop the stigma? It's hard because people like to judge. They lead with judgment when they hear certain things. When I tell people, Hey, suicide survivors, some people will look at me and shift their vision or shift their view of me because of that. And then for some reason for them, I become less than, right? Even though they may struggle with this depression and and suicidal, they may have the same kind of thoughts, 
but they don't want to admit that they're in that space or that they've ever been in that space. And that, that's just their ego holding on to it. So they judge other people, right? Yeah. So that's kind of the short answer is that was the catalyst. That experience was the catalyst that gives me a heart for entrepreneurial men. My avatar is entrepreneurial men and men in general. I'll, I'll talk to anybody. Um, yeah, and, I've the done young, and, and the young generation too, Gordon, like they are going through a lot of tough times, especially since COVID. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, I and, see a lot of depressed youngsters there. Like I'm talking yeah. like from the age of 13 to up to 20 something, you know, yeah. to the yeah. late 20s, they're going through a lot. It's not only like older men who are like entrepreneurs, but the right. young generation needs to hear your story. Absolutely. That is what it is. So how did you start into personal development? What was the first thing you did and who was your inspiration? Um, the first thing I did was... Um, and Dan Dominguez, who we both know, um, he had said to me, what's your biggest why not moment? And, and I, I had to think about it. A bunch of them came to mind. And then while I was talking to him on his podcast, I'm like, you know what? It occurs to me in the moment. My biggest why not moment was saying yes to go working with Grant Cardone. Because, and, right, because that my relationship with my wife had deteriorated and, and we had to be separated for a year to get divorced. And mm -hmm. so I thought, you know what, I'll go and do that. And, and if I'm away, cause you, we didn't get home hardly at ever. So I'll go away and do that. And we'll see what happens now. In retrospect, she would tell you that saved our marriage. And we've been married more than 30 years now. Um, to wonderful, wonderful lady. Mm -hmm. But, um, but saying yes to that was the catalyst that put me on because it, it not only gave me access to um, uh, an amazing sales leader and thought leader and, and motivational type guy. Yeah. But it also connected me to Zig Ziglar and, and Zig put me on a, on a, on a path when he said to me, you need to do three things to be successful, just three, three things. And I'm like, okay, what are they? What are they? And I was young, mid twenties. Right. And, and he said, you need to, um, you need to go to two conferences, business conferences a year. You need to read four to six books a month and you need to journal every day. And if you do that, you'll be wildly successful. So, but it, it, but then he connected us to all everybody else, um, John Maxwell and, and uh, Les Brown and Tony Robbins and all these iconic, iconic, you know, Mount Rushmore thought leaders. But it put me on a path of going after those answers myself, that personal development thing that was, I've always been a voracious reader. I've always been somebody that, that loved the education part. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, uh, and I heard John Maxwell just recently say a lot of people are eager to learn. Um, they'll go to conferences and they'll, they'll attend stuff like that. They're eager to, to get the information, but they're not, most of them are not always eager to be coached, which just means they're not eager to change. Yeah. They want the information, but they don't want to implement and knowledge on its own is not power. It's Applied not. knowledge is power. It's power. Absolutely. Right? If you Absolutely. You can know everything about everything, but if it doesn't change you or you don't use any of it, you might as well not know it, right? If you can read and you don't, you're on the same level as an illiterate person because they can't. It's tragic, actually, because you can and you don't, Yeah. right? And so um, that kind of put me on that. And, and I've spent a small fortune on, like I say, coaching and, and books. And I, I've read five to seven books a month. I, I buy them. I'm a, 
old school type guy. So I like to be able to highlight and, you know, underline and, and put notes in and write in the margins. And what. So I'll read a book, a business book. And if I really like it, I'll buy a second copy because I know I'm going to just mess up the first copy with, <laughs> with all my underlining and whatever. And I want a yeah. nice clean copy. Right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know what, as you learn, I, I'm at a point now where I'll read stuff that I know I don't agree with the principle of it. I know I don't agree with. And I do that on purpose because it pushes, it challenges what I believe and it pushes me back and makes me th- be able to come to a, an idea that says, you know what, um, this is why I believe what I believe. And sometimes it changes. I'll read something that I don't, I know I'm not going to agree with. And I go, you know what, that gives me a different perspective okay. because I've grown. Right. And so yeah. it may not overhaul change my idea, but it may tweak it a little bit or pivot it a little bit or add something to it that I needed to, to make it more well-rounded. So um, I strongly encourage clients and, and people around me, if you're not reading, you got to read, you have to be able to put yourself and then not just take in the information, but then apply it, apply. right? That whole knowing doing gap, right? Yeah. We all know yeah. how to release weight, yeah. but why do we have an obesity epidemic? Why? Well, because people know what to do. They just don't don't execute do it. they don't do it right exactly yeah, yeah. until something happens yeah right and then another thing that i always find helpful is repetition is the key right mm. if you Absolutely. find a good book that helped you like i have a few that i will never donate or give to anybody because i know even after two years i will read them again Absolutely. Right? Yep. so yeah repetition like there are books that changed my life for example, Absolutely. like uh, the four agreements by, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that, great book. Ruels, yeah, yep, and as, me. yeah, as a man think, that's the first book that uh, Bob Proctor, and then you have the power of now. My mm, life used book. to be go, 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 go. Like I would be like having yellow stickies everywhere while I'm cooking. Oh, I have to remember to do this. So it was so stressful. I read these two books and I started to calm down, mm. you know, like so repetition is Beautiful. good. You get stressed out, go back to that book and read it again. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I find that interesting. That was a principle I learned from Bob Proctor by accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it was divinely put there, but you know, I sort of stumbled across it. Uh, I took his uh, thinking into results and it, it's an expensive course, but, but right at the beginning, I got a video version of it as opposed to watching it online. And I'm glad okay. I did, mm-hmm. but um, the, you know, the first day I've done lots and lots and lots of personal development. I've done lots and lots of courses and, you know, I'm certified in a whole bunch of different things, but. You're certified I, I, on thinking and result, thinking into results? No, certified, oh. certified Napoleon Hill, but not certified. No, no, not, not, not thinking into results because no. I have the whole pack. I have, I yeah. have the whole thinking into results. I got it for free because I paid for his six day, uh, the okay. matrix seminar, which yep. was way too, I don't even want to know. You don't even want to know how much I paid for that. Mm. Uh, but so that was given to us by itself. As you just said, it was very expensive to get into thinking into results, it was. right? Yeah, it, was. it was. I've got so- that package upstairs with the workbook and all the discs. Well, and it's- I've been through it a couple of times because one of my sons connected with me for personal development. And so he is one of his brothers was going to the gym with his mom and he's like, well, they're up at six o'clock doing something. We have to do something. So he was about 10 years old at the time. So I, he said, do, can you do this, this program with me? And I'm like, okay. So he did thinking into results and I, I, I made it, I augmented it a little bit so that for a 10 year old, instead of for an adult, 
and and he did all the different bits and pieces. He was writing out his short-term, mid-term, long-term goals. He understand what terror barrier was about and all those types of things. Like he, he went through all of that with me. So, um, oh, wow, that's know, incredible. How is absolutely. he like, is he still, uh, into personal growth? Yourself? He is not the same. He's a teenager now. So he kind of thinks he knows it all, but, um, he, he, they all yeah they all do, they absolutely yeah. absolutely right but he'll get there and and he's got a really really good base and foundation yeah but what i learned with that course you spend and and you've been through it so but you watch half an hour of bob live and he's doing his thing on that one lesson and then you answer the questions in the workbook yeah and then he recommends that i recommended that you think about it all day, listen to that same half hour, just the audio version of it in your car during your day. So you're kind of meditating with it and thinking about it and it's mulling over in your brain. And at the end of the day, you watch that same half hour with him again, exactly yeah. the same piece. Yeah. Day two, you wake up and watch the same piece you watched on day one. Yes. Right. And then you answer the same questions again. And I'm like, wait a second, I did these yesterday. What's the point of that? But the weird part was because you'd been thinking about it all day and it had been percolating and percolating and percolating the next day, when you went to answer the questions, some yep. of the answers were different, different. right? Different. That's what I was going to say. Right? You have a yeah. different answer. Yeah, absolutely. Now by, it says you do it for a week. So by the time you get to day six, day seven, the, the answers weren't changing hardly at all, mm -hmm. but the repetition to your point, that repetition over and over and you, cause you're in a different place the next day. So you, yeah. you, I read a book. I go back, I read Thinking Go Rich, and I don't study out of that anymore. I study out of the law of success. If somebody asks, mm -hmm. what should I start reading? I tell them the law of success. But mm -hmm. I've read Thinking Go Rich more than 60 times. It was a staple every two years or twice every year I, I read Thinking Go Rich. So, you know, it was always something that percolated until I ran into the president of the Thinking Go Rich Institute. And he said, we need, you, there's a value to study it as opposed to just read through it. Really, you you met him. The What's yeah. his name Don uh, Satish Verma. Oh, Satish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, the um, one in Toronto. Okay. The one yeah. in Toronto. Yep. The yeah. institute okay. in Toronto. Yeah, I have yeah. had a session with him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a foundation is um in Charlotte, um in North Carolina. Um, Don. Yeah, I don't know why I was exchanging I emails with him. Is. I know. Me too. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, mm -hmm. he's the he's the CEO of the of the foundation. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it'll come to me. Anyway, yeah, it, like you say, reading it later. So there's the same certain books. I don't throw away mm -hmm. anything, and I mm -hmm. I don't give away anything mm -hmm. because I know I'm going to go back and read it again later. Mm -hmm. um, I know. It, you know, over the years, I've accumulated several thousands of books business books and and i keep coming back to some of them and going you know what i'm going to read it again and when i read it again yeah. two years later five years later ten years later mm -hmm. all of a sudden i'm like wow you know what i didn't get that out of it the first time why didn't i underline that or highlight that that like that mm -hmm. really sticks out to me mm -hmm. but it's because i've grown i'm in a different place yeah right and so certain things will will catch me a different way and certain things are you, you know you look at it at the stuff i had highlighted originally and go okay, that's something that's become a staple. It's something that's deep inside and part of my DNA. But yeah. there's something else in, excuse me, there's something else in that same book that I didn't highlight, but that, that, that you know, that there's value right there. Like, why didn't yeah. that connect with me the first time? And Exactly. Right? That's, so, that's where the repetition comes in, exactly right? exactly right. You right. realize that you read this twice, three times, but there is that one point that you didn't capture. Right. 
right? That's how Actually. I feel. Yeah, when I repeat a book. Yeah. Right. Well, and sometimes it's where my added uh, my emotions are, right? So sometimes it's the same. It's the same word. I, I have that challenge with my kids sometimes, where I've said it a thousand times to them. But they come it. home from school and go, oh, this person said this and this and this. And they're all animated and excited about it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, we, I've said that to you a thousand times. But because it was said in a different way, from a different tone, from a different face, all of a sudden it connects with them. Or maybe it was said a different way. And so it connects with them where they're at emotionally in that moment situationally in that moment and you know we we um my wife and i double date um occasionally with other couples and you know we'll go and watch a movie and you know some of us will come out and go that was great and some come out and go that was crap the thing is six months later there's nothing on tv so you happen to watch it again and you go wow that really wasn't as bad as it was Uh, like and they didn't change the movie (laughs) right it's not a different movie but i'm in a different place my emotions are in a different place so i receive it a different way yeah right and and again that's part of to your point and and our our good brother austin's point about being present in the moment right We, we worry so much about what's happened in the past and things catching up with us or in the future Worrying about and the, the future, future on the other yeah. side, exactly yeah. right, right, and it robs us from being able to be in the moment right now. Um, it's called present. It, it's a yeah. gift to be right here, right now. And a lot Absolutely. of people, a lot of us, miss it because we're too distracted by all the stuff that's happening around us. Yeah. And if we can really stop, um, you and I are part of a. Um, I, I'm in four different uh, masterminds, but you and I are in one specifically where I've done almost 170 virtual coffees. And what I find is if I, if I give myself the gift of being right here, right now, so you've had other stuff happen today. I've had other stuff happen today. We both have stuff going on after, but if, if we sort of put that out of our mind and go, Nope, there's nothing except Gabby in my life for this, however long we're together, right? It's a gift I give myself, but it's a gift I give you in the sense that we're, we can be fully present. And sometimes present. when I get off those calls, you know, we're like, wow, that was a really meaningful connection. Why? Because we let everything else go. We were, we were both present in the space and, yeah. and, and allowed ourselves to be there. You right? made me cry when we did a, our zoom coffee meeting. Hmm. What was that? Like six months ago now? Um, it ago? could have been it at least five been, yeah. yeah at least yeah. five yeah you made yeah. me cry like your story oh my goodness yeah and we're supposed to do the second one we never did but that's okay another time Absolutely. yeah it's a pleasure and talking about empath yes i see you as an empath mm-hmm. i do you. see you as that yeah so from what i have been following you watching you we're in the same mastermind and uh, yes i think i see you as an empath so that's that's a gift that you have and it's a gift for other people around you as well right yeah yeah so what what is next for you i know you're too busy with your tv station with all your podcasts and this what else is coming up any surprises there uh well surprises for you or surprises for me surprises for (laughs) me because you would know you would know what you're up to um there's lots of things coming uh, i'm in the process of writing uh seven books that will come um uh will come in the next probably half a year um seven 
seven. Yeah. Between ones I'm, um, I just wrote a chapter for Dr. Smiley for, for one of his, um, anthologies. Okay. Um, I'm helping to write uh, a chapter in, um, Jim Hetherington's book on marriage. Okay. Um, so that'll come out later this year. And then I've got five coming of my own that are, um, a combination of personal development mm -hmm. and my journey and my experience, um, and, and trying to write that down and put it into something so I can leave. Yeah. Um, so that's coming. Um, we're restarting Mo Mondays, Don Callahan and I, so, okay. um, inspired jewel productions is Don and my company together. Mm -hmm. So inspired minds from his apparel company and jewel international from my coaching practice. Um, and so there's a whole bunch of stuff coming from that. So Mondays will be a monthly inspirational entertainment. Um, we're going to do is a it going to be like uh, live or we're going to do a hybrid version. A hybrid yeah. version. Okay. We're going to, yeah. Um, you'll get an invite to be a speaker. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, well, that's what I was yeah. telling Marianne. I was telling Marianne that we need to, you know, carpool and go like book a hotel for one night and go support yeah. them and be part of the I think with Torontonians with Canadians, we should do that. Like Absolutely. because we're not always not always able to jump on a flight, go to right. uh, the US. US. So, yeah, that's so right. we're going to do that. You just keep us posted. I will. Well, and that's well, Mondays is something that will happen monthly. So that's, uh, there'll be speakers as well as, uh, live music on that one night. Nice. Um, so that's coming. We've done more than 50 shows or about 50 shows, I guess, between live and virtual with Mo Mondays. Um, okay. and the other thing that's coming in May is, I think is something that we had talked about, um, is something called elite entrepreneurs workshop. Okay. So um, Foundations of Success, I think, is the first one. Okay. It is something we're going to do quarterly. And it's going to be something that's an educational thing for entrepreneurs, people that are business people, um, CLA type people. Mm -hmm. um, that's May 12, 13, and 14. You'll start to see ads come out for that. Um, there are speakers lined up uh, on educa different educational topics that are important to entrepreneurs at any okay. level yeah. so right from right from sales sorry about that right from sales through uh, mindset and elevator pitch and marketing and um, finding your happy and finding your why and understanding um, you know the things that are available to you and yeah. to us as entrepreneurs what are the types of things we would go after so um, that'll be a, um, a two-day event plus the Friday night there'll be a hundred dollar plate um, VIP dinner. Um, that'll be here, uh, locally here. We're going to go St. Jacob's. Um, oh my God, my favorite place. Mm, it's, there's a, wow, a bunch of hotels there. Well, and, and once I'm all excited about that, Don, Don's less excited about that, I think, but, um, the farmer's market mm -hmm. will be open on Saturday morning. So it opens at 6am. So, uh, for the people, and we can walk down to it from the hotel. So um, I'm going to try and see if how, whoever wants to go um, will go over to the market as it opens all the fresh produce and, and Canadian we do, stuff. We do that and, every summer. My friend and her husband and I, awesome. the three of us, we always drive all the way. We shop for like mm. the next month and then everything is local and, uh, you right. know, organic and fresh. That's right. 
and then and, yeah yep. then we go to a restaurant have lunch make it a yep. day come back in the evening yeah so Perfect. that's how i got to know uh, St. Jacob's, Jacobs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah beautiful well, there's a bunch of shops downtown that are going to partner with us so um they're, they're going to offer something special to our participants if they if people happen to go down and, and shop or look around or just walk down through the, the little shops in St. Jacob's um some of the some of the vendors there have agreed to give them something special just because they're part of our group and participating in that event so um that'll be a that'll be a major thing we're expecting more than 100 people at that event so that'll be a that from all over the world um Juanita is going to try and come from South Africa Ooh. I would um, love to see her. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Cool. It's going to so. be, it's going to be cool. It gives me goosebumps. Um, you know, she's that she'd even try, but yeah. um, so that, I mean, those types of things are coming. My, my own show, the, the long bearded guy, um, wherever that comes from kind of out mm -hmm. of left field, but yeah. um, that show is on Fridays at noon on inspired choices network. Uh, and you can find that anywhere that you watch uh, or listen to podcasts or, or you know, uh, Roku and Amazon Fire and Apple TV, Google TV, um, iHeartRadio. There's so many different places that you can That's connect beautiful. to that. Yeah, yeah. Spotify, like all the places you would, you would normally go. It's on 450 platforms globally. Oh, wow. Um, um, I've got a, a reach for that program that's more than 400 million um, oh, have wow. the opportunity and access to that information. So. Um, and I love doing that. So that's expanding and, and continuing to grow. Um, so that's special uh, in terms of anything else. There's a bunch of little things happening. Um, I'm, I've been asked to be keynote. I think I'm at eight events next year. Um, so uh, with people we know and people that, that aren't part of the CLA. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that stuff's just gone boom. And I think to your point at the beginning, Mental awareness is a huge, huge, huge thing. And, yeah. you know, taking the judgment out of it, leading with love and making sure people understand, hey, um, I'm a safe space to do that. And I think, excuse me, once I am transparent and vulnerable with people, usually, especially guys, it gives them, not that they need my permission, but it gives them an allowance to go, hey, if he's going to be transparent and vulnerable, I can be transparent and vulnerable. And then we share those stories, right? The whole point yeah. of Mom Mondays it's not a selling. Uh, it's there is no selling. You're not allowed to sell. You're not allowed to pitch. It's not a overt teaching. No, no preaching. It's nothing like that. It's literally storytelling. Okay. And so we do get the big heavy stuff: depression, mm -hmm. suicide, PTSD, that kind of stuff. But we also get light anecdotal stuff about people's pets and their kids and their vacations and whatever. So it's a nice mix of heavy and light. Yeah. But we encourage people, and I I say to people all the time: How many of you have a story? And most people don't put up their hand. And I'm always like, bullshit. Um, you all have a you all have a story, right? Yeah. Um, right. Whether you <laughs> want to share it from stage or not is a different deal. But we all have a story. And that what I challenge them with, and I say to them, the uh, fire code in that room uh, that you'll be in at some point is 140. And so this room's got you know 60, 80, 100 people in it. And and I say to them, why why do you not want to share that from up here? What's stopping you from sharing your story up here? And that usually, it's, well, that, right. I, I, it's usually quiet when, when I ask and it's dark because there's all the big spotlights. Right. And I'm like, we all know what the answer is. Someone just shouted out and they're like, well, we're, we're scared. We, we don't want to be judged. We right? what? And I'm like, okay, so fear is a construct of our brain that is not real. Danger is real, but fear is not real. It's a good 
it can be harnessed to do good in terms of getting us going into a space. But if we can't step through our fear to be able to share our story, we're robbing somebody else who's in the moment and is going through what we've gone through. And they're praying, Papa, I need help. I need hope. I need something. I need a miracle. Please help me. And if we can't step through that fear to share our story, we're robbing that person of the miracle they've been praying for because they need to hear our story. And, and we look at it and go, well, it's all my own stuff. Nobody wants to listen to my sad story, but it's, it's not like that. It's not airing a dirty laundry. It's not what it is, is letting other people know, Hey, I have struggle and that connects us. And then they reach out and maybe because you shared, they go, you know what? I need to get help. And maybe they come to you and go, Hey, you know, someplace like, can you help me? Is there someplace I can go? Can you, even if we don't give them the tools to get out in the moment or to get through the fact that we got through means they can get through, which gives them hope, which is really, really powerful Absolutely. in terms of moving them forward or, or getting them to, to reach out for help. So, you know, I tell people all the time and, and Mo Mondays, Don and I, it's a huge passion. Um, it's a lot of work, but it's such a passionate thing that we have that putting it out there and giving people an opportunity and a stage, regular people. And we get people that have never been on stage before. And we get people that are, we've had unstoppable Tracy Schmidt on our stage live. We've had like people that have, are really, really, really Ted talks and whatever. They're really well-polished speakers. Mm -hmm. and, and like I say, and we've got people that have never been on stage, but it's so much fun to watch somebody who has never spoken on stage before get on stage and they're shaking and they're nervous and whatever, because everybody only gets 10 minutes to talk. Mm -hmm. so, right. So they get up on stage and you can tell at the beginning, they're nervous and, and they're, they're trying to get through it. And once they get into it a little bit, they get calm, but it's yeah. so much fun to watch them come off stage. Yeah. And right. And the empowerment, they go, you know what, whether it's bucket listing that they can check off or it's confidence that they had that they didn't think they could do. And they just did. You know, and they come off and they're all just fired up and, and excited because they, whoa, look what they I They just did. let it out. They let, it, let out. it out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I could talk to you like for hours and hours, <laughs> but I, I want to give you, I want you to give an advice to final advice. Like what advice would you give to in schools, the, the kids in schools for getting bullied and, uh, you know, discriminated against and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So what would you advise them? Um, it's a tough one. It, yeah, it's it a is. great, it's a great question. Um, because I think a lot of it comes back to our worth and our value. And so sometimes kids don't have, right. Parents aren't, aren't instilling that into mm -hmm. them in terms of what does that mean? Because, and, and I think it builds into us, a, a, an insecurity. And as adults, we go, well, what, I don't want to fail because what will people think of me? I won't go out certain dressed a certain way because of what will people think of me? If I do that job or I take that opportunity, what will people think of me? Right. If I grow my beard long and shave off my hair and look different than most people, what will they think of me? And at the end of the day, those opinions don't matter. At the end of the day, you know, being bullied. Um, I was in school. If I showed pictures of you uh, to you of what I look like when I was a young guy, um, really young guy. Um, I was that nerdy looking kid that, you know, big glasses and, and straggly hair and whatever, and no self-esteem. And, and I got bullied a lot. Right. And, but I look back at it and go, um, if I'd have known 
that I was loved unconditionally. And I knew my parents loved me. I, that wasn't the, that's not the deal. But, but the, but the, where do I put my, and as a child, where do I put my foundation? How do I, right? Wh what's my self-worth? What's my, what's my identity in a space? And that's a weird concept for children when they're yeah. trying to figure out who they are. So the, the biggest piece of advice I keep telling my sons, other people's opinions don't matter, right? They can, they can laugh at you because of whatever. It doesn't mean it. it does it hurt? It can. It, it absolutely does. can, right? But to look at it and go, they don't know. It's saying more about them than it is about you. That, that being nasty is, says something about them and their character. And a lot of times those bullies are, they're, they're doing that because they're insecure about who they are. Very. Right. You nailed it right there. Insecurity. Right? Yeah. Insecure. And so they don't know who they are and they're scared. So that's how they cope with it. Right. So, you know, I, I, I like I said, I tell my sons, other people's opinion does not matter. The other kids don't matter in terms of, and I'm not saying be rude and I'm not saying no, don't be friends and have friends and whatever. I'm saying their opinion of what you do and how you dress and how you look don't matter. Yeah. Are you comfortable? Right. My youngest son has, I, I keep it. Steve Urkel keeps coming to mind and, and he doesn't, he's too young to understand that, that, a connection mm -hmm. but you know he pulls his his pants up to his nipples and and you know he's got his socks he they never match one of them is an anklet and the other one is a knee-high dress sock and i'm like what is that and he's like what they're socks i put socks on um you know he just has his own he paints his his fingernails and his toenails and uh, and i'm like okay if, if that's how you're comfortable and that's how you want to be. Are you good with that? He said, yes. I said, great. You know what? Is it my style? No, but it doesn't matter what my style is. He's try he's 13. He's trying to figure out what his style is. Yeah. Right. And so to be okay with that, but is, are people going to pick on him? They may. Yeah. Right. But I keep telling them, buddy, their opinion doesn't matter. Do you like it? Yes. Are you comfortable like that? Yes. Great. Congratulations. I'm proud of you for being able to be you, authentically you, even when that's not the common thing. They say, be careful about following the masses because oh, sometimes the M is silent. Me. Yeah. Right. Don't sometimes the, the M is silent. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so, you know, it is, if everybody, matter of fact, almost to the, almost every time, if the masses are going in one direction, go the other way because it's not it right in, in, be be intentional about being authentically you and let the chips fall where they may. And that can be a hard thing to do for adults, let alone children, right? But the people that push back, they're not your tribe. The, the yeah. people that are attracted to you when you're authentically yourself, people, it, people will gravitate to you. That's yeah. your tribe. Those are the people that you surround yourself with people that are lifting you up and people that are encouraging you and people that are cheerleading for you and that aren't, aren't in They don't feel like they're in competition, yeah. right? Oh, I got to do better. What well, was, if all my friends are doing wonderful things, excellent. That's awesome. You know, Austin does great. Jose does great. All these, right. All these people do wonderful, wonderful things and are doing amazing, amazing stuff. I'm on the sideline going, yes, go, go. Yeah, it's not, the, right. Yeah. It's yeah. not a, 
I feel like, well, what's, what's that with that? Like, I, I don't get jealous about that. It's not, they're not doing something to hurt me. Go back to the four agreements, right? It's, yeah. it's not, they're not trying to hurt me. Yeah. Right. It, it's, and, and to be, to take out the, it's not a competition and, no. and we don't need to be validated by anybody other than Papa at the end Amazon of the day. Yeah. And Papa says we have infinite value for no other reason than we are. Yeah, it doesn't matter what we're thinking, what we're doing. It does, does it matter? Yes, obviously we need to be moral and, and whatnot. But my point is, it's not about how much we have or the, the, our gender identification or our race or our, none of the stuff matters. It really doesn't. Right. I heard somebody, actually, Dr. Oliver Reed, we were, we were talking just recently and he said, Gord, before we came into the world, our spirit was with Papa completely asexual no there was no race no no sexual or there was nothing we, we were we were a spirit without a body without a none of that stuff was there papa gifts us to a set of parents at conception that gives us a body now we have a race and we have a gender and we have all that stuff right we go through our life with that stuff and then when we're done with our earth suit right our our when we leave the planet we drop that earth suit at the door and we go back to spirit again. Right. So it's not, it's not a, I think a lot of times people will judge on stuff and they shouldn't judge at any point anyway, but they're judging on stuff that really doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't at the end of the day, if that's your, that's the way you want to sexually orient. Great. If it, the, I've always maintained for a long time now, presentation doesn't matter. How they present to me doesn't matter. Why? Because Papa loves everybody. Papa loves everybody exactly the same. So he loves Putin as much as he loves you and I, which blows my mind. And I'm like, I do not understand that, but I don't have to understand it. That's infinite love, un unfettered, uncompromising, unconditional, because we're all his kids. Yeah, and and so, you know, if I can get my my sons to understand, if I can get kids to understand and there's organizations um there's one called uh stand strong that um is a local thing here in kw started here in kw uh but it's teens for teens so they'll they'll talk to kids as, as young as 10 my son went at 10 years old and it's it's by, uh, four kids by kids with a little bit of adult supervision and they teach um thinking into results um they teach oh, wow, really? um, to the kids and and you know my 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 brother, Michael Hectus had said to me, um, will you help us with this? And I'm like, I'm all over that because if I can get the kids to get it, if I get the kids to understand, then we have less messed up adults. Yeah. So, you know, Absolutely. if we can give them, and the kids, the kids suck onto that information faster than the adults do because they don't have to unlearn a bunch of crap yeah. to learn. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so, that's, yeah, there's, that's a great program. I kind mm. of like it. I wish we could start something like that here. Okay, so what should parents look for? Notice with their any children? change with the kids? Yeah. Um. Again, great question. It's a tough question sometimes because I know people that I was listening to to a gentleman the other day on a podcast who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and lived and survived, which almost never happens. Oh my goodness! But he had had a his parents knew there was a challenge, and he lived with his dad. His parents were separated, but he lived with his dad and he would have been um, 19, 
ish at the time, 20. And um, his dad had asked him, he knew there was something going on, whether it was a uh, instinct, you know, spidey sense, whatever his dad knew there was something going on and tried to get him to, sh to share at breakfast that morning. And he, he, um, this young man convinced his dad, no, no, I'm fine. In the, even though that's what his plan was, he said his dad was to take him to a, the bus stop and he was getting on a train and then he was getting on a bus and then he was going to jump off the bridge. And, and, um, you know, it, it, so there's, are there bits and pieces? That's a little scary as a parent. Cause you go, okay, if there's no rhyme or reason to it, um, or there can be no rhyme or reason to it, there are um, obvious things in terms of a kid giving away all their stuff is a, is a really good indicator. Hey, wait, 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 what's going on? Especially if they're prized possessions that, you know, they really love and, and value and they start to give them away. Um, that can be a problem if they introvert ridiculously introvert now teenagers do it as a rule anyway they you know my kids my older two um the oldest one's now in college but he still um hibernates you know he comes home when he when he's here and he hides right and it's not that he's hiding he's just got his own crap going on so it's it's difficult but trying to just to check in with them children that understand that they're unconditionally loved and that they know they can come to mom and dad, right? Or, or they know there's some place they can go. I found it interesting. Um, uh, Michael Hectus was telling me that kids say, as adults, we want to make sure there's some, some things out there. So we put a, a hotline out there for kids to call if they get in mm -hmm. trouble. When they surveyed those children, the kids, hey, uh, here's a list of things that you might do if you got in trouble or thought maybe you were in that space. Um, suicidal of any kind um, what pieces would you reach out to less than seven percent of those kids said they would call a hotline so less as parents we look percent, yeah less than seven percent so as adults we look at it and go hey we're so we're, we've got all these things and what but if the kids aren't connecting to that and they're not using it then it doesn't matter that it's there for the six or seven percent is that important yes for sure those lives are absolutely critically important but but that means we're missing the mark by 93 percent. so we, there are, have to be other ways we have to have other you know they said well where's the bulk of the challenge coming from and the kids said well internet is where the bulk of the bullying and all the nasty stuff's coming from mm -hmm. and the uh, weirdly enough the other side of that when they asked them where's the first place you'll go to get help internet was their number one place to go to get help, but that's also the number one place that was causing an issue. So there's a there's a little bit of this happening. So as a parent, if I'm if I'm checking in with my with my children regularly, right? Not not just you know, once a week, every day I'm checking in with them. Every day I'm checking in with them, and and it's hey, you know you can talk to me, right? There's nothing you can say to me that will ever ever change how I feel about you. I love you. I love you. Are the things you do I don't like? Yes, for sure. But you know what? At the end of the day. We all do stuff that uh, good and bad and whatever, but you need to be able to come to us and let us know, Hey, this is how I'm feeling, or this is what's going on. And as long as those channels are open and they know they can come to mom and dad or come to somebody um, that can help them. Uh, and sometimes it's not a matter of fixing the problem, right? It, it's listening to them and, exactly. and giving listening. them that attention, right? It's not what we give them in terms of stuff. The most valuable thing we can give our kids as parents is our time. And, and a lot of us sometimes don't have lots of time. So then it becomes a, hey, how do I make quality time? 
not quantity necessarily, but quality time. How do I make sure we connect? How do mm -hmm. I make sure they understand they're loved? How do I make sure they know I'm here for them in any way they need me to be? Does it mean I overprotect? Sometimes, yep, my wife and I, we were talking about it today, overprotecting, right? That's a very fine line. Our oldest has just now gone out into his world doing his thing. And you know, he's making mistakes and choices that are not good for him. But, but at some point he has to spread his wings and figure it out, right? Like at some point, do we, do we like him making? No, but at some point we, we give the best advice we can. And then, you know, we go, okay, Papa, you've got him. Cause um, you know, we're not right there all the time anymore. So, you know, he doesn't live at home anymore. So we look at it and go, Hey, that's very scary for us. Right. But, but it becomes a, a learning curve in terms for of him. Yeah. For him, but for us yeah. too, because we want to still protect. So we, we, you know, the kids look at it and go, Hey, you're meddling, you know, but well, we're not trying to meddle. We're trying to help and protect. And, and the thing is at some point. They have uh, to figure it out. My son said to yeah. me, I think he was 17 and he said to me, I don't know. I was just like, why did you do that? Why didn't nah, 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 nah. I went right. And he goes to me, yeah. mom, sometimes you got to let me learn from my own mistakes. Exactly right. I that's was hard. like, I was so shocked wow. when he said that. Yeah. Sometimes mm. you got to leave me, let me learn from my own mistakes. Right. And uh, that was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So that is for parents to watch that, like when they isolate themselves too much, uh, become introverts if they were like, you know, yep. like yep. And talkative and just, yeah. And then do that to watch for those things and always ask, how was your day? How was your friend? You know, things like yep. that. So I totally agree. That was a million dollar advice. Thank mm. you so much. And uh, oh, any you. last word for the listeners? Um, I do a thing where I lead lead with love. Um, I know it's, um, I think a lot of times as humans, we have the, the tendency to judge when we first, no matter what it is, right? We see somebody yeah. go by on a bike and our brain takes a snapshot of everything about them. Um, and something in our brain judges them based on what we're seeing. And so, you know, uh, Grant Cardone, I worked with for, uh, a long time but one of the things he used to say and it, he was he came from the car business too and one of the things he used to say was people say there's you never get a second chance to make a first impression and that's true the challenge with that that grant always had that i have is that a lot of times if we start to engage with somebody our brain takes a judgment about who that person is before they open their mouth and before we know anything about them so first impression isn't as important as last impression. Absolutely. Right. Because yeah. if we open our mouth and talk exactly what they thought we were, then we are that regardless of whether that's true or not. Okay. But if we can, in the way that we approach them and the way that we talk and the way that we um, interact and connect with them, if we can have them understand, Hey, I'm not judging. I'm, I'm just here to love. And, and it, that's not a, I want you love. That's a, agape base human love that says you're human and alive. Papa loves you just as much as he loves me. I love you. Right. Yeah. Some of my guy friends uh, struggle with that a little bit. You know, I, I, when I tell them, I love them. Um, you know, I love hugging. Um, yeah. I'm a oh huge my God. I hear that. Guy. I can't wait to get mine. Yeah, absolutely. But that's a, that's a connection that, that people need. And, and kids, I can't tell you, I'm a, I'm a, a mascot for a semi-pro basketball team locally here. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I, I hug everybody, but 
children will suck right on. I can't tell you the number of people. This one, this one lady comes to mind and she's probably in her mid to late fifties, I would say. But she, the first time I hugged her, she was, she wouldn't let go. She was like, Oh, like a hug, like a hug. Oh my God. She would walk up to me at games after, cause she's got season tickets, but she'll walk up to me and go, are you the, are you the tightest? The name of the character is Titus. Are you the tightest that hugs? Cause she knows maybe it's not the same person in the suit today, Yeah. but she doesn't wait for an answer. She just reaches in and hugs and, and I'll hug her. And she's like, and right out loud, right. Oh yeah. This is the one that hugs. Like you need to get a hug. Yeah, I've heard adults say to me, you have no, while they're hugging me, complete mm-hmm. strangers are hugging a stuffed guy, right? They have no idea who's in the suit, mm-hmm. but because they can't see my face, it's all, I'm all covered up, mm-hmm. but right. But they'll say to me when I hug them, you have no idea how badly I needed a hug tonight. Oh, and, and, and my heart does the same thing. I just sort of go and, and I hug tighter because I'm like, you know what? I'm, I, I can't talk as the mascot. I'm not allowed to talk, but you want to say to them, you need, I'm here. You want to hug, just reach out, reach out and hug parents, hug your kids. They need that contact. They need to know, you know what? They, and, and to do it where it's heart over heart, right? I take my head to the right of your head, not to yeah. the left of your head. Most of the yeah. time you watch people do it, it's to the left. Yeah. And right. And I'm, I'm not sure why there's, I've got some ideas, but the point is take yeah, your because head. One thing, uh, just because I learned this from Jack Canfield, he said to us, when you hug, you have to connect the heart with the heart. That's right. No, that that's, is how it it's an energy be, yeah. thing. That's yeah. why you go to the right. Yeah. I'm not sure why people go to the left, but most people go to the left. I think it's yeah. because that's the way we shake our hands or whatever. Yeah. Um, most people are right-handed. So that, right. But the, the point is, yes, you hug. That's a heart over heart. That's an yeah. energy exchange that most people don't realize is happening. Mm-hmm. And I hug for more than 20 seconds because there's, it's medically provable. There's therapeutic um, healing that happens when we hug for longer than 20 seconds because of the endorphins that are released in our body. Yeah. And so I hug on people and I don't let go and you can feel their body relax. Like they're going to let go. And I just don't let go. And that's where they go. Oh, real hug. Right. People that don't understand their energy will step back from me and go, that was an incredible hug. Why? Because they don't understand the energy portion of it. Yeah. But they know because they can feel it. It's it's palpable. You can feel that difference yeah. in a hug. Yeah. Parents need to do that with their kids. Right. Yeah. Hug them. Hug them. Uh, partners need to do that with each other. Hug them. Yeah. Really, truly hug them and don't let go and yeah. let them know, hey, you know what? Because it's not just, a, you know, guys tend to do a thing where we grab arms and bump shoulders or whatever to be macho. And I'm like, no, no, that's BS. H- hug them. Hug them. Because yeah. that's something that they may not have ever had. And they may oh, need so in the true. moment. So and we don't true. know when they need. Yeah. So you hug them. They may not even know in the moment that they need that. Yeah. Once it's happening, they're like, oh, I needed that. Yeah. You know? when, when you said that, this guy said that to you, like, I just had goosebumps all over. Mm, like, absolutely. yeah, I think people underestimate, like, the power of giving somebody a genuine, beautiful hug and then mm. a smile even. Absolutely I smile at everybody right. that I yep. walk. I smile. I say good morning. Hi to everybody in the street, in the train, at work, everywhere. So I wasn't like that long time ago. No, I was like very serious, very, you know, they used to call me a snob. I am not a snob, yeah. but I was always like very 
right? Reserved. Collect, yeah, reserved, yep. very reserved. I think it's my upbringing also. Yep. And then it took me a long time to make friends and then things like that. But for the last, I think, uh, 20, 20, 20 something years, I opened up a little bit now after I reading all these books and the spiritual books and the personal growth books, I became more open. It is okay yep. to say hello to a stranger. Right. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there yeah. was a quick story about a guy in Reader's Digest, young guy who was, um, he was a loner and and he didn't have family, no friends. He said, no. you know, I could disappear. Nobody would even know. It wouldn't even make a blip because nobody would even realize I wasn't there. And the one day he said on the way to work, he's like, you know what? I'm going to walk to work today. Ten blocks he walked in New York City to get to work mm -hmm. and get home. And he said, I'm going to walk to work and walk home. And if nobody smiles at me, I'm going to end myself when I come home. Oh, my God. And he walked New York. That's not a place to do that. But anyway, he walked to work. Nobody smiled at him. And he walked home. And one gentleman, almost before he got home, one gentleman smiled at him. And if I can hold on to my emotion, that man smiled at him and saved his life saved his life and he will go home that that gentleman that smiled could have gone home and gone i'm not making an impact in the world i'm not affecting people i'm not making any kind of a he saved a life that day and doesn't even realize it was happening and it cost him nothing a smile cost him nothing, a we smile, have yeah. no idea what's going on in other people's lives and what's yeah. happening where they're at emotionally or spiritually or mentally or whatnot that young man that jumped off the bridge, he sat on a public bus with a hundred people in the bus screaming and crying and nobody paid any attention to him. Nobody walked up to him. Nobody gave him a hug. Nobody engaged him. He, they let him sit there and, and blub. Clearly he was having some kind of a serious emotional something and, and nobody said anything to him. Nobody, nobody reached out to him. And, and, you know, I know people are in a space where COVID, we, we, you know, everybody's like, oh, no, no, don't touch me. Don't breathe on me. Don't look at me. If you, if you sneeze, even just for regular sneezing there, you know, everybody's like, no, no, get away, get away, get away. And, and, um, and I'm not saying we don't need to protect ourselves. I'm, I am saying though, we need to have some awareness of what's going on around us. Exactly. Being able to smile to somebody else. It doesn't cost us anything. Lighting no. another candle does not diminish the first candle. Yeah. It doesn't take anything from the first candle. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. And add to the smile. Good morning. Have a nice Absolutely. day. You know what do yeah. you have to lose? Like, even if they don't reply to you, just do right. it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I say so, make it a great day, not have yeah, a exactly. nice day. Yeah, right. Have because nice day. we have the power. Here we say, yeah, I know. Right? Make it a great day. Yeah, I say, make I like day. make it a great day. Yeah. And have mm. a nice day. I say, have, have a the nice power day. to do now, it. I'm going to change that. <laughs> Instead of have a, have a nice day, I'm going to say, make it a great day. That's exactly. beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank we, you, Gabby. You know, we all love you. Ditto. The whole uh, gang at Connected Leaders Academy mm. and uh, AKA CLA mm. loves you. We all love you, Canadians, Americans, South Africa, everywhere. <laughs> How many countries are we now? Like everybody loves you. You are doing great work for the Thank for the you. planet, for all these people who are suffering. And I can't thank you enough for who you are. I thank appreciate you. you. I respect you. Uh, you are an incredible human being, and we need a lot more people like you, Gordon. Thank you. I receive that, and thank you so much. That's it's. Yeah. Um, that's Papa. Yeah. It's Papa yeah. flowing through me. So, yeah. I, so I, by, I for the that. listeners, when he's been saying Papa a lot, Papa is God. 
just so you know. I know yeah. you mentioned it at the beginning in case so that you understand Papa is God for yeah. him and he is a God, God's child and he is spreading that to the planet. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So uh, honored to have you. Thank you so much. So until the next episode, everybody stay blessed and I wish you grace, peace and balance and please do get in touch with him. You will find his bio and all his social media links on Podbean and on YouTube. Take care and God bless. Thank you.